So if I had to name a theme for this week, I think I would use the word vulnerability. Uh, I've been learning about this thing called the Enneagram, uh, which if you don't know what that is, it's kind of like the Myers-Briggs or any of those other personality inventories that's a tool that's meant to help you, uh, to classify you with a number and that helps you understand yourself and how you interact with others. I've learned that I'm a six, which I was hoping someone would go, ooh, because it feels like every time we talk about Enneagrams, people are like, oh yes, you are definitely that. Whatever your number is, it doesn't matter what your number is, people are like, yes. Uh, so I'm a six, and I'll be honest, I really don't have that much in-depth knowledge, but I did listen to a wonderful podcast all about sixes this week. And one of the things I learned, and it kind of rang true for me, is... Uh, we have this common trait of anxiety uh, that comes from predicting the worst case scenario in every situation. So basically my mind all day long, every day, goes along thinking about all of the things that could possibly go wrong and just how badly they could go. There's a lot to it, but one of the things that it means for me is it means I like to have control. I like to be the one making the decisions because it means that, uh, because when I do, I feel like I have a bit more control over the situation. I feel like I can minimize at least some of the worst case scenarios, or if I can't minimize them, I can see them coming. What that also means is that I don't like the feeling of not being in control of at least myself. It makes me feel vulnerable. I feel exposed to the worst case scenarios and something I prefer to avoid because, you know, vulnerability can be really uncomfortable. Now, another example of vulnerability that came from this week was, uh, came on Thursday night. Lowell and I went to the coming out monologues that was held as part of National Coming Out Day, a day set aside for LGBTQ plus communities to create space for coming out and to encourage visibility in society. The monologues are a chance for those who choose to, to share their coming out stories or maybe even to come out for the first time. And what you should know about this experience of coming out is that it's a deeply personal decision, or at least it should be. And not so much about, it's not so much about who, it, and not so much about who you tell as much as about you owning your identity publicly for those that you're ready to share it with. And what I saw in the monologues and in my Facebook feeds and in that new, if you didn't see it, the new uh, came out life event that Facebook added um, and in all of the stories that so many of my friends were sharing was the vulnerability that so many have displayed in bravely sharing their truth with others. In the stories and the challenges and the triumphs and the fear and the bravery and in the voices of those admitting that they are not yet ready to come out and or are not able to for their own safety and security. It's vulnerability, but in a different way than my first example. It's vulnerability in which uh, we are opening ourselves up to one another. And it gives us the privilege of knowing each other just a little more deeper, a little more personally. 
Vulnerability creates the opportunity to be in deep relationship. And that's the kind of thing you can build community on. Now, I also found vulnerability in our scripture text this evening. Tonight our text focuses on the story of a pious man who came to Jesus searching for something. He asked Jesus what he must do to inherit eternal life. Now, we could look at this man and, as one who is just looking to buy his way into eternity or maybe even just asking Jesus the cost or what are the tasks that I need to accomplish. What are the uh, steps I have to check off to achieve this goal? Maybe we can even think about it in school terms. It's like asking for the syllabus. This is the expected outcome. How do I get to said expected outcome? And we can look at this story in the way a lot of interpreters have often approached this text, which is with this man uh, being... with the approach that many have taken in approaching this text, which is this man being someone who is rich and only concerned about what he can buy and not giving this story the proper depth that it deserves. Because I think there's another way we can look at this text, and that's through the lens of vulnerability. We can see this man and the question he asked, this individual asking Jesus this really important question. Now, a couple of things to pull out of the text. First, it's interesting to note, this is the only time in this gospel that Jesus asks someone to let go of possessions, which means this is something very unique in this text. This wasn't something Jesus was going around telling everyone, sell everything you own. I mean, he did tell some people to to drop your nets and follow me, but he wasn't telling everyone to sell all their possessions. But when this individual comes to Jesus, he says, sell your possessions and give it all to the poor. Secondly, nothing in this passage suggests this man was anything but sincere. When he claimed in verse 20 that he had kept all the commandments. So what is it this guy, so what if this guy isn't just pious, but he feels a little like something's missing inside. Maybe he's a bit heartsick, and somewhere deep down he knows and is seeking out Jesus to answer this question about heavenly interests. Because he knows whatever his appearance on the outside, whatever his faithful and pious life, he is still missing something. Something important. Something that matters. Something that matters, that's a matter of life and death. In this case, Maybe Jesus is responding out of love for this person. Maybe Jesus sees all this guy has, his knowledge of the law, his perfect piety, his wealth, but maybe he also knows the distorted sense of himself and of God and of his neighbor that this gentleman has. And so maybe Jesus tells him to divest so that he can really live by faith in God and in solidarity with neighbor for the first time in his life, which maybe that's the treasure in heaven that Jesus was speaking of. But in order to do that, 
to have that treasure in heaven, to be in solidarity with your neighbor for the first time in life. It means giving in to a level of vulnerability and letting go of some of your own control. Maybe what Jesus is telling us is that we need to let go of some of our barriers to vulnerability because sometimes those barriers keep Jesus and one another at arm's length. Brene Brown, a self-described researcher storyteller, has spoken about how in her research she found essential to being whole and connected and worthy was a sense of vulnerability. She describes it further as being able and the willingness to do something with no guarantees. Being able to and the willingness to do something with no guarantees. This also requires a level of letting go. She's also said that vulnerability is not always comfortable. It's an experience most of us do not enjoy at all. But it is the upside that makes it all worthwhile because when we open up to vulnerability, we can find a simple truth. You're imperfect, I'm imperfect. We're wired for struggle, but we are worthy of love and belonging. Think about the scene from The Wizard of Oz when uh, they're there in the Emerald City and they arrive at the wizard and what do they see? They see this giant, scary head that, uh, this big, scary head, they see the power, this one who might even be a little bit dangerous, but that is until they draw back the curtain and they see the real person. They see the man pulling the levers who he tells them to ignore. He's exposed and it makes him vulnerable. He's no longer the big head that he wants people to see. He is just an ordinary person. We can see the truth behind the barrier that's meant to keep people at an arm's length, to keep us from finding out the truth. Sometimes we like to keep our curtain for blocking for us because it creates that barrier. There's a level of safety and security sometimes. Something that we do, by the way, sometimes need. But sometimes we can allow that barrier to keep others at arm's length as well. And then that prevents us from building those connections. To be in solidarity with our neighbor, to be in relationship with God. If we're always keeping the barrier up, how are we building in relationship? I imagine this is why this individual in the text walks away feeling dejected in response to Jesus' invitation. He's not ready to let go of his control and embrace the vulnerability that it takes to really follow Jesus and to build relationship with one another. He's not ready to let go of his power and his influence and his wealth and all of the trappings that come with that. He's just not ready yet. His identity is in his pious life and the control that comes from his status. And those are exactly the things Jesus starts telling him to give up. Jesus is asking him to let go and trust in God and the growing community of believers. He walks away because he can't imagine doing that. It would mean losing a sense of his control. 
I want to be clear though, I'm not putting him down for this. I actually very much understand that reaction because that's the kind of reaction that I tend to have. That's why I shared in the beginning, I don't like being vulnerable because I feel like I'm not in control and I like to have the control so that I at least feel like I'm controlling the things around me. Being vulnerable is uncomfortable. It's hard letting go, giving away the structures to my carefully controlled life. Well, maybe that just seems beyond the pale. How can you ask me to do that? I get this guy because I've been right where he is. Reluctant to give up my control and make myself vulnerable. But what I've also learned is when we can do this, when we can embrace vulnerability, God has things for us that we might not ever expect or experience otherwise. Think about the vulnerability it takes to walk into a service like this for the first time. Maybe tonight's your first time, or maybe you can remember the first time you stepped foot in here. Maybe you walked in by yourself. Maybe you were a brand new student. Walking into a place like this, a new community can raise all kinds of questions. And it can make you feel really vulnerable. I still remember the very first time I walked into the campus ministry house on my college campus because it was one of those moments in my life that actually was pretty significant looking back, but at the time was really scary. It was a whole new group of people that I didn't know. I didn't know how they would receive me. I didn't know how they were going to act towards me. I didn't know anything about them. It wasn't even just that I thought they might be you know, mean to me or ignore me. It was more I just didn't know. There was so much that I couldn't control. And so when we think about a community like this, walking into a place like this can, be, uh, can really make us feel vulnerable. But there's the flip side of that. It's when we take a chance, when we do something that makes us vulnerable, sometimes we find something we would never expect to find. I've had the opportunity to talk to quite a number of the alumni from this community, um, from not just in my time here, but from throughout the years. And to hear them talk about what this community meant, this place where they could come and learn and grow, and they could laugh, and they could cry, and they could be ridiculous, and they could be serious, they could be angry, they could just be together. All of these things helped to create a spiritual home for them while they were here at AU. This was a place for them to be during their college time. And in, in order to get there, though, they had to walk through those doors, too, for the first time. And to be vulnerable. To be willing to engage in relationship with one another. And what the other common theme is among all of these alumni that I've talked to is how taking that step, being a part of this community, helped to make them who they are today. Because they took a chance and they made themselves vulnerable. They let go of some of the control. So as we continue to ponder this story going on, um, I want to invite us to ponder this one who approached Jesus and asked about eternal life. Let's remember that a bar has been set for vulnerability. 
And then the challenge for us is to let down our barriers and to allow others in. Let's take some time to see if we might be ready to let go of some of those barriers. Or maybe just identify what some of those barriers are so we can maybe prepare to let them down. Let's be vulnerable with one another and with God. Because we never know exactly what doors we're going to be walking through next and what the next chapter in life has in store. Amen. We're going to move into our time of offering.